Stuff up Saturday, breaking cycles, we rebels. Stuff up Saturday, uplift with love. Stuff up Saturday, breaking cycles, we rebels. Welcome to Self Love Saturday, where loving ourselves is an act of rebellion. This is your host, Dr. Anissa Shomo, your favorite family medicine physician, and I am joined today by Shauna Jones. Shauna, so, you know, you were on our show before, as people remember, we went to high school together and we've been besties since we were like 16 years old. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so mm-hmm. we talk all the time and today um, I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself and we'll get to our topic. Um, well, I, as Anissa mentioned, um, I'm Shauna Jones, and I've known Anissa forever since high school. She was in my wedding. Um, I I don't know really what to say about myself. I'll say <laughs> I work in affordable housing. I um, love food. I love to cook. <laughs> yeah. I am currently doing some remodeling to a house that my husband and I just purchased. Congrats. Thank you. And I am trying to stay sane in what is becoming or has become and continues to further devolve uh, into a a very crazy world right now. So that's all right. Well, that's kind of, yeah, no, that's, that is the task right now. We're all trying to cope with this uh, this world we're living in. So I am about to drop a course called 14 Day Coping Skills. I'm going to be dropping it on June 15th. So, you know, in a, in a few days from now, after this is going to be uh, um, released to you all. So that is the that is the goal right now. We're dealing with a crazy world. We're trying to figure out how to cope. And so the biggest thing is, you know, I define in the course the idea of constructive coping and destructive coping. And, you know, I define it as constructive coping as things that help us survive, things that build us better and destructive as some of those things that might lead to an early death or an early, you know, demise of our society as we're dealing with right now, um, where everybody's worried about if we're on the verge of civil war. So that brings us to our topic for today. Um, Because last time we talked, we talked about you know, the politics of Donald Trump and how really he kind of destabilized our country. And we were talking about like, you know, how you how you pretty much had to leave uh, a lot of social media alone in order to be able to focus on yourself and be able to cope with just getting through the days. And so I wanted to kind of bring that topic back today about social media as coping, because that's kind of been a, a big thing right now. You know, as we're seeing all of this, all of these things happen, there are a lot of people who are leaving Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And the question is, you know, how do you use social media as a constructive tool for trying to, trying to, you know, maintain and be functional in the world versus getting into that destructive um, pieces of social media? Um, so what, what strategies do you have? What, what, what advice can you give us? <laughs> well, well, you told me the topic. I was, <laughs> I was just like, you said coping skills, and then you said surrounding social media. And I had to think to myself, what have I been doing to cope with reality <laughs> lately? Yeah. And I'm like, I, I'm not sure that I'm not 100% positive that I'm um, all the way on 
the constructive side of it. I know that there's some things that I do that are a lot more on the escapism side of it. Um, but I think that, you know, you just have to kind of, I mean, anything is just, have, like I said, the goal is survival. Exactly. So, no, and that's what, I, no, that's, that's my thing. I'm like, sometimes it's enough that you were, it's enough that you just got through your day and, you know, did what you needed to do to, to survive and not spiral. And so as you mentioned, um, I right sometime after the 2016 election, I stopped using Facebook. I didn't delete my account because there are instances where like we've had I've had like Facebook invitations to like uh I think didn't we have a friend get engaged on Facebook? Yeah. yeah. Um, there's been a few things like that. I think I attended a Facebook wedding. So I, I didn't delete the account and go that far, but I don't use it. My last active post was years ago at this point. And what really triggered that was I decided that I no longer enjoyed the conversations. Um, I just thought I didn't really want to, I didn't have, a, I didn't want to know what people I know peripherally if you will yeah. um, what they think about things anything right. I, I literally don't care and I don't want to know I found it to be stressful I found myself unable to um not respond and I also found that I did not think that social media was a um a good medium or tool to have incredibly nuanced conversation right so you know Adisa you you'll you'll know this but um your <laughs> listeners may not know this you and I can get on the phone and be on the phone for hours yeah. talking about everything like just uh, it might start off with oh I bought this new pillow and I wanted you to look at it and then somehow we're just like in the deepest dredges of <laughs> what ale society what you know what and and, and this could go on for hours and it's like okay I actually literally just need to go to bed because I have to get up in the morning or I actually have something to do no what's funny funny is my my nickname in my fraternity so I'm in a co-latinx fraternity called Alpha Psi Lambda and my nickname is Lala Kutora which means the anchor woman which basically meant that I could just have conversations with people about anything for hours, like an anchor woman on TV. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. And so, but that's fine. I don't mind. It's not that I mind getting into like a weedy conversation or even, you know, going against being against the grain or the mode of what I, um, what someone else believes, a debate, what someone else believes. Um, as long as everybody's respectful, I, right. you know, I, I'm going to say and speak my truth and what I know it to be, but I also try to listen. I do want to hear other sides right. of an argument. And um, as long as your side is valid, right. I, I will not be in a debate about my humanity as like a black woman. Right. Uh, things and just like alternate that. facts, like the whole idea of these alternate facts. People, exactly. People choose to stay delusional and, and try to discount our experiences exactly. and you and you can't debate you can't debate people with their alternative facts when you're like okay there's actual <laughs> yes and I and I placed a few things and the, the things that get added to that list get um have been added 
yeah. keeps growing. Like right. now, I, like, I no longer de- yeah, I no longer debate people about the vaccine. They don't want it. Uh, don't have it. Uh, don't have it, then, please. I, yeah. You know, I'll sit here with I my wish, three I and be fine. And- I wish I could say that. That's my <laughs> job. <laughs> well, you ha- you have yeah you 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 know I mean, the burdens we bear and um, <laughs> it, the cost to be the to be the boss, if you will. I don't know. I, I, it's not my calling. I shan't. I won't yeah. be a part of it. I just have to move accordingly um no but, but that's that's the whole thing though that's what you're saying is what a lot of people have said when they've gotten in trouble like recently terry cruz was on the daily show and he talked about he said something about like you know black supremacy on twitter and people blasted at him as they probably should have um and he was just like you know i just need to stop trying to have nuanced conversation on twitter because it's not it's not enough space to really explain yourself and it's a bunch of people who don't really care about yes. understanding your your humanity. You know, it's people who are exactly. really invested um, in really in just disrespecting you and just holding on to whatever narrative they want to believe. Exactly. So speaking, so I uh, guess speaking of Twitter, well, first of all, let me say, so yeah, don't use Facebook, don't check it, never deleted the account. We'll only use it if somehow, some way there's you know, no other reason. Um there's no other way rather for me to access whatever it is I'm trying to access. Some businesses only have a Facebook website, things like that. Um, Instagram, I missed the boat on it. Never liked it in the first place. I found it very vapid to me. Like I, I, some people, I guess it it was not for me. It it just, it was not. Um, so I actually gravitated towards Twitter, which is weird because I will tell people Twitter's kind of a cesspool. Like it is just the that's most why, That's why views. I don't like it. I'm on Twitter, but I, I, I don't participate often because people will just blast you for just, just saying, hey, Twitter, I'm a black but, woman. And they'd be like, a black no, woman. Like- there's the, <laughs> I wish I had pulled this up in preparation for this conversation, but there's a tweet that goes something along the lines of like, you know, Twitter is great because you'll say something like, oh, I love horses. And someone else will, you know, chime in to say, I find this insensitive because, you know, my mom was adopted by a horse one day and this, and then someone else will chime in and say, your silence on ducks is deafening. And you'll be like, what? Like they read, people read things like they read things they read what they want to read they read and I just things. feel like it's very inflammatory like people just hey. people on Twitter really love arguing and they do they do and I actually I, I listened to a podcast where the one girl was like she was saying that she doesn't take Twitter seriously because she was like people some people just like arguing I'm one of them I yeah. was in an argument on Twitter <laughs> arguing back and forth about it was like an award show like something right something to do with a award show and she was like I did not watch the award show but I was in the thread <laughs> arguing back and forth with people about things and I literally did not watch it like I didn't right. even see the show and so I think that as long as you go into it knowing that it's a complete and utter cesspool then you'll be fine so I mean but- I mean I guess that's a way to cope with your anger I would rather you do that than go shoot up a school you know well so then here's the here's the thing though I don't participate in Twitter. I am a watcher. So I use Twitter for uh, a couple of things. Like one, to, to keep informed, it is, the, it is the, by far the best way to stay up to date on any current event. You literally just search it and it tells you what people are saying, 
worldwide about a topic. So there's been times where something has happened in my local neighborhood where I'm like, hey, and I search like three words with just like the name of where I live. And I've seen other people like tweeting about it and saying something and giving me information that I'm like, oh, okay, well, that helped explain that. So there's that. That's what, and that's, that's why I joined. Guess. That's actually why I joined because somebody, yeah. my, it was actually my my boss who was like, "Yeah, there's just a, it's just all types of information as far as doctors like you break news and, I mean, I'm mm-hmm. on it and I post just like you know if I get promoted or if I get an award or that sort of thing. I mostly try to post just happy things that people won't argue with me about, even though oh, they'll, they'll people, find a way. <laughs> for the most part, way. though, for the most part, you know, my Twitter stays pretty, it stays pretty fine. It's not I not inflammatory yet. Yeah, I hardly ever post anything. But what I do is I'll, you know, what I used to do, and I don't do this necessarily anymore. There was a time where I was like, I check it first thing in the morning to make sure that the world hasn't ended because <laughs> it felt like the world was going to end. I mean, so, and I'll do that. that but the other thing is, it is actually just freaking hilarious. It yeah. is so funny. It's it entertaining. Is, it, is, it is very entertaining. It is entertaining. If you catch it on the right night, like the or the right day like and that's the other thing it's, and black twitter no, black twitter there is no other there's no other medium that i could think of where like if you took a 12-hour break like if you took a 12-hour break from facebook when you come back you won't feel like you missed a cultural like milestone yeah. so yeah <laughs> if you take a 12-hour break from twitter you could possibly just miss a couple like you will not you'll be lost you won't be you'll, you'll see a tweet and you'll be like okay, I'm assuming this has something to do with something. I can't possibly think of what it could have been. Uh, there was, can we cuss on here? Oh, yes, we, yeah, you can. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. So you there believe was it if we need to, but yeah. But you can, okay. but no, it's fine. My listeners one, are all adults. Okay. No, there was one evening where, and this happened like overnight, um, Yahoo Finance tweeted out, like they did like a push, you know, article and they had a typo in the headline where it was like, Trump says, we're going to need a much nigger Navy. Oh, no. And they meant nigger, nigger, obviously. Yeah. But they kept it, it, it stayed up for a while because it, it was like an auto-scheduled tweet, like yeah. to push, and it stayed up for a while. What I tell you, that was one of the funniest nights on Twitter ever, like all time, <laughs> like since the site was founded at all time because Black Twitter took that and ran with it. There was like USS Hennessy. There was like Timberland boots. It like photoshopped into the ocean. And there was, I mean, it was so funny. Like we just really took that. And it was just, so just stuff like that. The Negro Solstice. Yeah, the Negro Solstice. The Negro Solstice was funny. One random girl responded to some like that was not a big person it was just a random person her tweet randomly went viral and people were like well what like she said she made a weird innocuous comment about well after december 21st you know black people will have this and they're like people were like okay i'll bite what are you talking about oh we're gonna get our powers what (laughs) our powers (laughs) she sounds like she was probably medic and delusional (laughs) but 
you know, no, mental health. No, girl, that's, there's a whole honestly, little space. Like, that's of part Twitter. of why that's part of why Robert likes being a psychiatrist because he's like people's brains and the things that people come up with are just so interesting. Like the stories that people tell, like when they have delusions, like mania, or he's just like it's just so interesting, like what they come up with, and it's like he loves movies. So sometimes when people are describing like their delusions, it's like watching a movie, and he finds it entertaining that's what kind yeah. of that's what draws a lot of psychiatrists to psychiatry, exactly. actually. no I actually love psychiatry um and if I had a desire to have gone to medical school that's probably what I would have went to do yeah. um and then I but when I read up on psychologists I didn't see to me I did not see um good good things about like the career prospects and like how that works and stuff and it seemed like yeah. it both of them just kind of seemed like it wasn't something I wanted to take on. Right. But so I absolutely, absolutely love learning what people think and why yeah. they think it. Like, I just right. find it fascinating. I'm like, right. huh, no, tell me more about why you think what you think. That is it's, interesting. Yeah. Um, and of course, like psychiatrists try to help people be functional. They're just like, that's yeah, very no, I'm here but... for the key key. No, I'm <laughs> So, you know, they're like, oh, that's interesting. And then they're like, all right. Because he tells me, he's like, I'm going to hell because every weekend I lock up. He was like, he says a lot. Like, this is a joke, a psychiatry joke. They're like, I'm going to hell because I lock up Jesus all the time. <laughs> we put Jesus in the psych ward again and gave him some medicine so that he could function in the world and not think he's Jesus anymore. Oh, okay. So no, no, no. They, they, they oppressing Jesus. Okay, I'm gonna start calling him Judas. No, no, anywho. So, um, <laughs> now you're about to go tweet that. Your first tweet is about to be that. Uh, no, that's so funny. No, but then, okay, so I'm telling you like the good parts. Okay, you keep up with what's informed. Another, oh, another hidden tip on Twitter that I love is if you want a product review, a movie review. And someone somewhere has seen this random B movie that's on Netflix and they yeah. will have said, hey, oh, y'all should check this out. Or some random person with three followers who is just randomly <laughs> tweeting into the ether. <laughs> yeah, tweeting off into the ether. That's me as well. Someone will have done it. Another thing, I'm, I got really into skincare, skincare over quarantine. Like that was my, my vice, my, my my skincare thing. That was your constructive coping. I mean, I was yeah, yeah. I'm like, you know what? Let me let me clear this skin. Well, my skin was never unclear, but you know, I'm aging. I have aging skin. I'm like, how do I reduce? Yeah, just trying to trying to survive and live longer. And exactly. So, but what I did was I followed a bunch of estheticians, and I now if I'm at Ulta or at Sephora or wherever. If I want to know about a specific ingredient, if I want to know about, you know, recommendations for toners, if I see a toner that I'm like, should I buy this? I literally can search that brand name, that ingredient, that specific brand of whatever it is. And I can filter it by the people that I follow because I started following like 10 different estheticians. And usually one of them has spoken on it or one of them has like, oh, here's my list of favorite facial cleansers. Here's my list of favorite this. And I can... So that those are my like hot tips for like yeah. Twitter. Now no. the bad. Yeah. The okay. bad is um, yeah, the reason I don't participate is because you could say one seemingly innocuous thing and people are attacking you and acting crazy. And then it can go viral and then it can pile on. And yeah. I do not like that. And like it's interesting that you mentioned Terry Cruz because 
Uh, all right, I'll play along. Yeah, you were trying to have a nuanced conversation in a place that was not built for nuance. Twitter is not the space. You do not have enough space in your 240 characters right. or whatever that they're allowing. You don't have enough space to say what you're trying to say unless you have wanted to like really think this through, plot out a thread right. and then thread a really long list of thoughts together. There are people who do that. Yeah. I will um I will say I do not think that that was what Terry Cruz was doing. Um, no, I no, was no, present no, for all of that. No, <laughs> I don't no, think that's what he was doing. But let's just Trevor Noah is good at calling people out, so he did call yeah. him out and say, "Yeah, I was like for the sake of argument." He was like, mm, "I don't know about that." He was like, "Do you regret sending a tweet?" And he was like, "Of course, I regret sending a tweet." <laughs> yeah. so. No, I'm, I'm just like, I'm like, I will take. I'm going to take what you said at face value, even though I do not believe that that's what you were doing. I'll take what you say at face value. If you claim that what you were trying to do was to make an incredibly nuanced point and somehow it was misconstrued or taken out of context, I don't believe that's what was happening. But okay, sure. Let's say then, yes, you are correct. He didn't think think before he tweeted and then he learned. Yeah, maybe that was a bad idea. Yeah, just whatever. So anyway, but... So here's the thing with with that. So one thing that happened is I literally I deleted the app off of my phone so I can be more um productive or not productive. Oh, well, I guess yes and no. It's yeah. not even productivity. It's more of a so the thing with Twitter and Instagram is you have a tendency to scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll. And on Instagram, maybe all you're doing is looking at pretty pictures. On Twitter, it can be there's literally a term for it it's like doom scrolling right like you're literally like and it becomes destructive at that point yeah if you turn if you click into a trend you see that whatever the hell you know um primaries whatever is trending and you're like oh I do want to know what the results were from Tuesday's primaries let me click into this trend and see what people are saying and it's a good way to do it because you'll get information from all over like so you don't have to search oh what happened in Maine and what happened in California you can click one word and it's going to tell you every person who mentioned this word all over across all of Twitter's users it'll show you you can sort it by what was most popular you can sort it by what was most recent you can like you can do all types of stuff and the thing is though once you start scrolling when do you stop scrolling like you know like and, and 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 say there's a, a situation like unfortunately you know this terrible thing that happened in Texas with the shooting or the terrible thing that happened in Buffalo with the shooting yeah or the terrible thing that happened in Philly with the shooting well, especially um, for us as doctors the doctor that was murdered in Tulsa yeah I was at, I you cut me off before I said or the terrible thing that happened in Tulsa with the shooting which um, almost was overshadowed, which which overshadowed another shooting that was also in Oklahoma if I'm not mistaken someone put that on Twitter they were like. I clicked in here trying to find information about what happened with our shooting only for me to figure out that our shooting was overshadowed by another shooting that also happened like on the same exact fucking day elsewhere. It is just both of them at hospitals. And so I didn't know it was another hospital shooting. Wow. And so the thing is, um, you can doom scroll and and you can just keep, when does it, stop being I'm trying to stay abreast and informed about what's going on in the world and it becomes a thing of I'm just addicted to 
just seeing all these hot takes and thoughts and there's all these little pieces of information and then some people aren't responsible in the way that they share information so for example I do not watch I I stopped watching all videos of police shootings when they're Mm -hmm. killing you know Mm -hmm. unarmed people I stopped watching them because I have no desire to watch snuff films so why would I watch this and so there are people though that they will repost um you know the footage like they'll just keep that they'll retweet something and it's thoughtless in that you know hey what if these videos are auto-playing like twitter had an autoplay function that now functioned a while ago and mm-hmm. you know if you scroll past a video it immediately played and you're like okay i didn't want to see that so i it's kind of hard because while i agree that like social media does help cope it helps build a sense of community you can see like-minded people. Like if you're careful and you curate, um, I, I heard someone say a while back and I've really tried to, as much as I can, take it to heart. Um, she was like, my world is curated. And that means that the people that are, that I allow to, you know, impart, you know, into my daily reality, I try to control it as much as I'm able to control that. So with that being in mind, there's people on Twitter that I actually agree with the things that they say, but I had to stop following because for what, for whatever odd reason, while I find it stressful to see a bunch of arguing back and forth, they will not hesitate to like clap back Right. And says, and then go back and forth with someone, like over and over something, over something that is like hot takes. Like right. for me, I have no desire to argue with anybody about a current event hot take. Like I don't care what you thought about uh, what's the the guy that just died, the Kevin Samuels. I don't care what you think about him. I thought his opinions are trash. I don't have an opinion about his death one way or the other. Um, I, I wasn't uh, impressed with this man's you know, sexist, misogynistic, anti-woman, anti- Right, no, I agree. You know, I agree. I don't, I don't know why people were so, I don't know why people were so, it was one of those things, like, I agree. And I also was not a fan of his, but do I need to taunt his death? No, you know? Yeah. And so that's the whole thing. Like, I feel like at yeah. times it can be a lot of taunting and a lot of bullying and all of, just a lot and of negativity. I don't like that. Yeah, and I yeah. don't like that. Like, there's... Far, there's, there's a couple people in the world where I'm like, you know, well, yeah, if you're going to be taunted and bullied, I feel like you deserve. Um, for example, I'm never going to cry for the Trumps of the world or yeah. um, mostly because they're bullies. Well, I mean, that's the whole thing. And, like, and if exactly, you're, if because you're a bully it's like you, and you get bullied. I mean, that's that's consequences. exactly that's consequences. You know, yeah. T- t- you know, Ted Cruz getting yelled at at a restaurant. Good. I hope you never have a peaceful meal in the rest of your life. <laughs> Like you, you, you don't, I hope that if you go to your fridge for a midnight snack, as soon as you open up that craft single, I hope a voice appears out of the darkness to yell at you and taunt you. That's what I hope for you. That's what you deserve for your life. But to do, I I don't have the energy to me, even if there's a situation, there's a, for me, there's a thing I say sometimes where I'm like, even if you're right, you're wrong. And it's like, I don't have energy, time, or desire to go back and forth with another human being about literally anything. Yeah. Like just literally anything. I'm not about to go on back and forth with you about this. Like yeah. I, I just, I'm not. And I'm definitely not going back and forth with a stranger on the internet right. 
who's talking tougher, bigger, more intense than they would if we were sitting face to face. Right. And I happened to have stroke. Like if I strike a conversation with somebody at a bar next to me over our Coronas, right. they might, we might get into a, a um, disagreement or a, debate. A dis- that, that, yeah. Like a friendly debate or anything like that. Um, we might get into some banter. It might get heated. It might get emotional. Um, but it won't get to how it gets. It will be respectful lives. generally because you're looking exactly at because eyes. nobody will say those things. To, the things that people say to people on social media, they would never say to another human being in their face. Most people, right. the vast majority, ninety percent of people are not walking up to people calling them out their names, saying all types of crazy stuff, looking through their posts to find what about this you look at th- look at this like what about when right. you did it I, I just I don't have a desire to do it so for me it's like I do still find Twitter to be something that sometimes can help me you know escape a little bit figure out like okay so what are the girls talking about now oh such and such posted a cute little you know picture let me let me look at that or whatever and I might click into it a little bit to see what people are saying but I really try to avoid the noise, the things that I'm just like, what is, like, are y'all okay? What's going on? It's Um, one of those things. It's like, it's like, it's, it's a line that, uh, it's a line that Big Sean has in one of his songs. Uh, I I think, I can't remember what song it's in. He says a lot of stuff about social media, but there's a line, because one of the things he says, I don't agree with, um, because he kind of like blames women about men's downfall. And I'm just like, okay, but but there's another line that he said. They don't want to take responsibility. I wonder if granddad would have done everything if he, you know, if he saw these Instagram vixens. It's like, uh, if he was focused, he would have, you know, (laughs) uh, okay. But no, but there's one of the things he says about like, you know, he says most of the girls I know are addicted to social media and all the time they put in it, they could have wrote encyclopedias. Um, so it's just one of those mm-hmm. things I think a lot of people it becomes an obsession it becomes an addiction where like you're sitting next to somebody like I hate going to like eat a meal with somebody and all they're doing is checking their social media you know um, mm-hmm. that is like well it is an addiction thing. I think they I think after studies that say that people are addicted to the the notifications oh that's another thing so I don't have any notifications I on my phone don't have notifi- I don't have notifications on my phone about literally anything almost no. like I don't, I don't have, have it for emails group chat yeah I don't, I don't have, have it on emails I don't have well no I have one email account but I'm very particular about who gets that email account if that makes any sense right. so I have like a throwaway email account that I'll I have like a, yeah no I have one too like I have one for like I have one that I give to the store yeah I have a spam email account that I give to stores um, and then I have another email account that was my email account before I got married that kind of started off as a real email account and then it kind of got a little spammy, but not that not spammy enough yeah. where I need to get rid of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I have I just, my real email account right. that I'm very particular about who the hell gets that. And I keep notifications on, on that because I that's my like if I have an important email coming through, then that's the one that I want to see. Um yeah. and then if if somehow somebody slips through, I'm real particular about going and hitting that unsubscribe or like, oh, nope, now you did too much. Like, you're, because I'm not going to lose that email account. Right. Um, 
but what I was gonna say with the social, but I'm saying even with um, and I I and I think I might have spoke about this before. You know, I have um generalized anxiety disorder. Like I have to be very particular about things that disturb my peace. Right. So because it can cause a bigger issue, like it can. And it's I have unsettling. To, it's unsettling. Uh, yeah. And so one thing that I that is a trigger for me is notification. Yeah. Just in general. So I'm like, I, I've actually had um, conversations about this with different friend groups where I had to explain that, you know, if you sent something in a group chat, I might not have seen it because I don't keep notifications on for group chats. So if it was like five or six people talking and there was a lively conversation, I might not have had time or energy to scroll through every single thing. Right. So I could have missed something. So if you want me to know it specifically, you need to text me separately because yeah. I, and if I want to know something specifically, I will text separately to be like, Hey, so what's going on with this to make sure I need to know it. And the reason is literally that ding thing that z- 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 right. z- that it stresses me out. Like yeah. I, it actually causes me real literal stress that I then have to figure out how to decompress from. So I, I can't do that. Don't say right. like I can't. I don't. I, I mean, it's a trigger, it. and that's the biggest thing about a lot of it is just knowing your triggers. And so for exactly. me, like, I mean, so what's interesting about social media is so okay. One of the things I said I want to talk about today too was so you talk about anxiety and like you know how that kind of feeds into your anxiety and makes you more anxious. But so I can't remember what was it like six months ago. It was sometime in October where they had that like Facebook Instagram blackout because the the um, whistleblower her name was Dr. Kristen. I can't remember her last name. Oh, right the chick that said that they're that they designed the algorithm to rile you up and to trigger you. Yes, because negativity spurs clicks and interactions. Right. Yeah, because people arguing keeps the algorithm going. And so there was, exactly. so she was on Trevor Noah's show too. And um, she was talking about like how like artificial intelligence, like letting bots go wild is basically what she was trying to say. Like, okay, like we, we can, we can deal with, we can deal with social media as part of our society right now, but at some point we should regulate it. Like we regulate TV, like we regulate radio, like we regulate all types of things Yeah, um, because it's, it's harming our society. And that's the yeah. whole thing. Like when you look at like so many things, but especially all these like you know shootings, all this sort of things. Like it's just I feel like it triggers other people to be like, oh, they finally went and shot somebody. I need to go and do the same thing. You know what I mean? It's just like mm-hmm. all these copycats and all of this anger and all this sort of thing that people are just feeding into. I'm sure since well, the invention of social media, there's probably like I don't know. I'm sure there's been more school shootings and all types of you know mass shootings since the, since social media has come out. Um, there's, uh, well, I don't, um, I don't have the data, but yeah, no, that's what I, I don't have the data. I'm like, I don't I have don't the data, wanna, but, but it's just one of those things. They, they do have the data. Like that was the whole thing that she was saying was that Facebook has the data. This is harming our society. Like it's contributing to like other countries toppling regimes. It's contributing well, to young people being depressed, well, anxious, suicidal, all types well, of Well, my stuff. issue with Facebook was, um, the groups. So yeah. my issue with Facebook specifically when I saw what this, um, and I wish I remembered that the lady's name um, that you're talking about is the, the biggest problem was that 
what they were doing is because they have so much data on everything and because our phones are everywhere. Like, that's why when people get to, you know, I, I don't know anyone who hasn't gotten a vaccine for this reason, but they've talked about this uh, as a part of vaccine hesitancy with hesitancy with certain groups is they're like, I feel like they're trying to microchip us. And then people having to be like, hey, if you have a cell phone, you're, you're already microchipped, you're chipped. Like that. They know they know where you are and they know they know what you're saying and they know what you're doing. Right. And like unless you're and honestly, not even a cell phone. If you are on the grid, if you use, if you are a person who was using your fingers or thumbs to type into this social media site to say that you're concerned about the vaccine because you might get microchipped, you're already chipped. Right. It might not be under the skin, but you're chipped. If you're typing this. If I can see it, then right. we know who we, we know have. who and where you are, sir. We know where right. you are. So that's the thing. But the um I mean the whole thing for me is just the, the alternative facts, like how they like you know, the lack of well, that's my point. Know. So the, but here's my point with that. What well, what I was saying is my issue with what Facebook was doing is they were basically taking this like metadata or whatever they were taking the data that they have they they were able to collect um about people so if there was a group that was like a QAnon style group then it was a Facebook group they have so much data and access um to people's lives and what they're doing and what they buy and what they're viewing and what yeah. they what they think was funny what mean they thought was funny all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff and they were able to like distill that information down to the people who share these characteristics also enjoyed this QAnon group. Hmm. Like, like 90% of the people in this QAnon group also liked this picture of this cat or also hmm. enjoyed this or also enjoyed that. And so there you have a situation where they were trying. So um, I, I it was a, I don't know if it was a documentary or article. I think it might've been an article. It was an article that I had found that was talking about why there was such an overlap of like these QAnon people with the people who are into um, essential oils. There's Mm -hmm. like a MLM essential oil group and people that are into like a, like that specific essential oil group um, are into like this whole, oh, you can cure and it's all natural and holistic. So these people were more prone. They're more open to natural, in quotations, since people can't see me, Whoa. remedies. So then they're more they're more vaccine hesitant. And then the, these people are also more into this. They're more likely to believe conspiracy theories. They're right. more likely to want to be in this group. And so what Facebook was doing was taking that information about people and recommending them to join those groups. So mm-hmm. it would be like a QAnon conspiracy theory spouting group. And they Facebook were helping it grow. Tell, they were helping it grow. Yeah, they were facts. telling people, hey, we think you would like this group. And they would like this group because the people who are more prone to being open to those types of viewpoints also enjoy these things. And Facebook knew this and was doing targeted marketing right. because they were making money off of those interactions so 
what Facebook changed when they like when they realized this kind of like whistleblower bombshell thing was so, going, so is they the were like, we're no longer going to recommend those groups. Yeah, like so we, her, they were like, we're just going to stop recommending groups. Right. So her name is Frances Hagen. Frances Hagen. So I was way off, but yeah, awesome. so I, I, I appreciated that she spoke up, and I mean, I mean, that's why I love women because I, it would be a woman who would have spoken up and said, you know what, I'm just tired of. She said that she had been trying to like say, hey, you know this is, this is happening. But at some point she just mm-hmm. said, you know, I just got to quit and just tell people because I don't, I don't agree with this. Like, this is wrong. Like this is absolutely oh, it's wrong. 100% wrong. And it is directly attributable to, I'm not going to say Facebook is not the cause of the downfall of society. What I will say <laughs> is Facebook is the COVID of, of the situation. Right. And what I mean by that is when COVID hit and we wanted to quarantine, we wanted to lock down, there were certain industries um, that had to change how they did business. And one of the things that happened was there was like a, a speeding towards like light years ahead almost of automation and like things that were already going to happen, but it might've right. happened 30 to 40 years from now. And now it's happening five years from now. That was, I would say that like, there's always been like this group of people. There's always been people who have um, certain types of viewpoints and that have always thought like, hey, the number one place that things went wrong with in America is when we started letting quote unquote, like, you know, this liberal wokeness take over. And or even, no, start. like people will be literally say, obviously, like right now with like Roe versus word, like we, we should have never let women work. We should have never let women exactly. be free. <laughs> that, and, <laughs> and the thing is though, <laughs> they just gotten so crafty. At, like I read an article about this years and years ago where they were just like the pro-life movement won the the war, the discursive component of the war by being able to brand themselves pro-life. Because if you're not pro-life, what are you? If you're not pro-life, what's the opposite of pro-life? The opposite of pro-life is not pro-choice. It's anti-life. Exactly. No one wants to say that they're anti-life, but then you hear, like, if you talk to a human being and you're like, hey, so what do you believe? If you talk to people, what they will describe to you is a pro-choice position. But no one wants right. to say that they're not pro-life. Who does? And because the opposite of pro-life is not pro-choice. That is, they are not opposites. So, but the the problem with it. So, I mean, I don't like to get super political about that kind of stuff here, but because I know that people, you know, it's kind mm-hmm. of dangerous at times to talk about this. Um, but what the biggest thing for me about the whole thing about this whole situation is it's people who want to go back in the past. Uh-huh. And I just don't understand people's obsession with the past. It's like, you understand, the whole thing for me is, you understand there's a reason why it's legal. And the reason why, it's for me as a physician, like, that's what's, that's what's always just, like, just so upsetting about all this types of stuff. Because as a physician, I believe in facts and information. And what's hard about living in America is that we're like so obsessed with delusions and alternate facts. And it's just, it's, mm-hmm. I just, I, I like, I'll contemplate leaving this country often for that reason, because people mm-hmm. just don't value that. And so it makes it yeah. hard to be a person that does, you know? And so the whole thing is, 
You listen to so, old doctors, and they literally said that there were wards full of women dying from septic abortions. Like women literally were so desperate to not carry babies for whatever reason they had that mm-hmm. they were willing to die to not have that child. And so there's a exactly. there's a reason why it exists. It's not it's not to be anti-life, it's to actually save the life of those women who were dying. Well, well, so here's the so here's the thing, and then I'll take it. So there's a so here's a, so okay. I'm gonna so, I'm gonna I'm divert is, for one second. No, I want to divert so for one second. It's like it's no, so to me. Like you know, people just, just like people you just like don't know not, the history. They just don't know history, and it's so frustrating because I deal with this with COVID vaccine. Like I literally well, that, tell people. And, I tell people like, do you know that the natural course, like people use like a hundred years ago before science and technology existed, the average age of death was 47 years old. And if you ask people who've done their research, none of them know that fact. They do not know that data point that the natural history of humans was to die at 47 years old before doctors, science, technology came and started saving people's lives. Everybody died, you know, on average at 47 years old. Honestly, um, you're correct. Um, I'll add another, not statistic for um, to, to that, but I'll I'll add something else to that. So we're talking. Of, there's there's been a lot of um, conversation and discourse on the formula shortage that's going on, and on Twitter, yeah. you get a lot of asshat men being like. Just breastfeed, just right. breastfeed, and then and women too, you know, of course. Yeah, you get a lot of women like that saying, "Well, you you just don't know." You just mostly women, mostly women who've never had a child, <laughs> or, 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 or who breastfeed did not have an issue, right? For whom breastfeeding was easy, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like people who didn't have an issue, like they're like I have an aunt who who said that she was like, "Oh, like when I she she donated her milk, she was like I was producing so much, like when she was." feeding off of me there was milk flowing out the other and I, I would let it just drip into a bottle and I was good at so yeah. but that's not everybody's experience that was not right. my mother's experience my mom had to switch the formula because I was anemic she was not producing enough milk and I could have died and what people don't recognize is that a lot of babies died mm-hmm. before the invention of formula, formula. Mm-hmm. babies were dying Right. It wasn't just a oh well well back in the old days women knew how to take care of their babies and it like no they no. died babies no. died they died no and that's <laughs> one thing I tell people because because the whole thing for me is I do global health my where I work we specialize in social justice global health you know uh, global health even in the U S underserved care and I literally tell people what's so frustrating for me in America too is that when I go to Haiti like literally the last one of the last times my husband and I went to Haiti. Um, there was a woman who had pneumonia and she would have died had we not been there. And so you talk about a hundred years ago in the US, the lifespan, but a lot of under, you know, developing countries have those, like that is the lifespan what they currently have now in 2022. And like mm-hmm. when I went to, I, so before I started going to Haiti in my residency, they, they now go to Guatemala and they have kind of like telehealth. They go, you know, they go a few times a year and then they have telehealth in between. So they try to make it sustainable, all that sort of thing and be responsible uh, with their global health, um, you know, program. But before we started going to Guatemala, we were going to Honduras on a regular basis. And I went to, so as a family doctor, a lot of people don't know this, but we deliver babies. And so in residency, I don't deliver babies now, but some family doctors do. And when I was in residency, I had to learn how to deliver babies, which, which, was, which was fine. That's why I want to be a family yeah. doctor, because I like having multiple skills like that. 
So I went to Honduras as a resident. I delivered a baby. And when the next day when I came to take, you know, check on mom and baby, I asked what she was going to name the baby. And they all looked at me like I have five heads. And I said, oh, no, what did I do wrong? Because as a woman, you know, we have emotional intelligence that probably is better than men. Um, and I understood that I said something wrong. And mm. so somebody pulled me to the side or somebody explained to me later that they do not name their children. This was in 2011. They do not name their children before they're one years old, because the likelihood of that child surviving to one years old is not high. So what's funny or that's not funny. That's awful. But that actually used to be the case in America. Yeah. And also another thing that was the case in America. So you ever watch, you ever look at like black and white pictures, photographs of um, kids Yeah. Um, back in like the 1800s or whatever. And yes. you notice that like, they always dress the kids in like this, like dressy frock, you know. Probably because uh, they had rickets. They probably had rickets. No. So there's that. But also one of the reasons that they didn't like that they just had like this like gown that they would put right. these kids in is because it was very like first I had to pass these dress these these these, these baby clothes down, but also they're I'm not gonna like pay money to get you in some pants and get you like a right size outfit because you might die. Like they literally mm-hmm. did not give kids like names or the proper Clothing. or what we would consider what we would consider like fitted like fitted clothes fitted clothing like that and it was because these kids might die and people overlook all of those things and honestly I think that so there's a couple things there is a reason that the discourse changed over time to be like we need to get rid of this critical race theory and in fact I'm sorry that actually just reminds me of one thing I wanted to say when you're saying like, oh, people want to believe in these alternative facts, like, honestly, I don't even like saying that shit because that <laughs> is was... another way that people are winning the war on discourse right. online by even branding lies no. as alternative facts. And I know that and, you know and, the and difference, but a lot no, of people do that. For me, it's a that. satire point, of course. You know yeah, what I mean? Like they, yeah. want to, they want to have these alternative facts. It's like, okay, there's no such thing as alternative facts. Like you're delusional. Like you're delusional. Yeah, exactly. Those are called delusions. Oh, I just have to shout that out because it's one of the things that really irritates me because I'm like, these, like, let me not even, I don't, I don't, I, this is, I don't, I'm not meaning this. I want to stay on topic of like social media, but what social media has done was convince everybody that their opinion is valid. Right. And that their and, opinion and that is a fact. And right, it's just exactly. not. Exactly. And that's the whole, and that is the problem. And that's what we deal with. That's what I deal with as a physician. That's why I get so angry about all of this. Well, it's no, made, they're it's like, made I my job my own harder. Research. It's really, like, I did my it's, research. It's and literally it's like, well, made unless, my job harder. No, it's like, unless you had a clinically controlled trial that was peer reviewed, you did not do your own research. What are you right. talking about? You did so, not do your own research. And that is like the thing that so, I, um, that's the thing that social media, unfortunately, so when I, you know, giving my examples of like how you can filter information is any person, myself included with my two, two and a half followers can <laughs> say something and it's when I, and I, but no, but on top of the fact that it's not fact checked, when I say it, 
if someone searches a term in Twitter and I said it, and I was the most recent person to have said mm. it, my tweet will show up to them. Like right. if they filter my latest tweet and they're searching for a term, if my term was the most recent thing that was tweeted, they can see it, look at it and attribute any level of validity to right. it. And use it as data. Which, by, data which is not appropriate. Right. I mean, it's a, so for example, yeah. using but, it as so, data. Let's talk about well, articles. Well, like the whole thing is like, um, yeah, but so the whole thing, so like my, my, one of my friends, uh, my friend, uh, Jennifer Falcon, so I'm going to hopefully get her on here soon. Um, but so she, so she's a professor and she teaches about rhetoric. And so that's what she like really barely participates on social media. She's on, on Twitter, but she doesn't really talk with people, but it's this idea of confirmation bias. And so mm-hmm. people all have had these beliefs, these beliefs forever. People have believed whatever, like you were saying, forever. Like the women should, should have just never been at work and the black people should have never been free from slavery. People have felt like that for years. Mm-hmm. But to have social media really confirm people's bias has been, you know, kind of, you know, it's been dangerous. It's been it's confirming been people's bias and making it easier for the people who believe these trash ideas yeah. to form community around right. them. So that's really been the issue with social media. They, people have, there are, there will never stop being people who believe that slavery should have never ended or that this should have, you know, like women should have never been allowed to go on the workforce and this, that, and the third. Like there's never going to uh, stop being people that believe those things. But what social media has done is it linked those people. Because like I said, with my, I can tweet like, you know, up, you know, up is down and then the up is down society is going to come and they're going to be like oh my gosh sister we welcome you in up is down and now we all like the flat earthers oh my gosh that the flat earthers are fascinating to me i love i will click on a flat earth youtube documentary i think it is like wait a minute wait a minute explain it to me again and that is the reason i'm just like i need to know i need to know why is why is no one ever followed off why why have we not followed off and how do we stay on what is your explanation for gravity like you will act if a, a flat earther will be like, explain to me why you think the world is round and don't say nothing about gravity. Don't mention yeah. that concept to me. Like they just discount the theory of gravity just, and don't believe it exists. Right. And I'm just like, it's okay. just hard. Because the hardest thing about all of this is that it makes people like myself who believe in facts, data, all that sort of thing. It makes you just want to leave this country. And that's and it's what's what's interesting to me. Is that like America acts like that? That hasn't happened. Like we're not a country full of immigrants. If people who left their home country, you know what I mean. No. <laughs> so, no, okay. so, so it's, like, it's like it's like it's like you know all types of people who believe this kind of thing. It's like, but this is our literally our job. We've had people. We had doctors quit medicine. We've had teachers, I'm sure, quit teaching. We've had all types of people who believe that these are their values just quit their jobs. And it's just like it's not. I mean, who's going to take care of you now if all these because people it's not quit? worth it. Right. Well, yeah. Um. Like. So my husband and I, we've been recently exploring the idea of ha- having a kid, and I've, um, you know, I've been going through the gamut of. Does it make sense to even bring a kid into this world? Like, all will, a wor- will, will a world exist? Like, yeah. you know, like, let's forget. Let's. I. You know what I read? I read a book, and I, I'll, I'll recommend it. It was called. I think it was called the last um, where um, 
I'll Google it for oh, you. The last. I think it was called The Last. Um, and I cannot remember the author at present. But what the book was about was um, a remote hotel. Um, so like in another country, so over in a, a European country somewhere, there's a hotel that's kind of like set, like offset from the city. So you're, you travel to like a city, but you the hotel is in the woods and it's a really lovely like estate style thing. Mm-hmm. And what happens is world a world war breaks out, nuclear war breaks out, and really just the end, like a, a, a nuclear war breaks out where now the world is pretty much over. Like that's just that. So polite society has ended. Mm-hmm. We everyone, anyone that's left has to rebuild. But And they start there. Like they pretty much like, hey, you know, I'm living, you know, should I get the waffle or should I get the fruit cocktail at this hotel, you know, breakfast bar? And um all of a sudden a bunch of stuff happens and you know all this craziness and what ends up happening is they they don't really say trump but there's a few americans there and there's people arguing like there's some moments of tension of arguing back and forth of you voted for him you voted for this to happen and you know what are we like what are we supposed to do now like this is your fault like blaming each other mm-hmm. but what i found like most really interesting is it, and what made me think of it was just really my statement of, will there be a world here? Because it's not really any better it, anywhere. With else the way it, global warming is going, it do it better who's in charge. Like, you right. know, right. And it's like, and the same kind of sentiment. And the same kind of sentiment is happening in a lot of other countries. And that's the whole thing. It's like, I mean, it'd be great to leave, but it's like, where is there to go now? Because everybody There's is no kind of going go. through the same. Yeah. There's it's like and so I don't, I often don't want to leave because I'm just like, I want to stay here, I want to make this country better, but at some point they have to it's stop being a country can they, get made better. Well, I mean if the whole thing is, I, I don't know that it can be made better without having a civil war because I don't know how you reconcile the fact that you really believe can, lying, like you really believe in lying, cheating, stealing is going to be the way to your salvation. And my whole thing about that kind of thing is like, no, no country has ever had salvation from lying, cheating, stealing. stealing. So I don't know why America is so obsessed with it. You know what I mean? It does, it well, just doesn't make you any have one. Well, I mean, so the way I view American the current state of political affairs in America is that you have one side who has essentially decided that democracy no longer serves them. Yeah. And then you have another side trying to bring back the good old days, which as, you know, Black women in America, we realize what you just said. Like, I don't know why everybody's trying to go back to the past. It wasn't, it was not all it was cracked up to be. Um, like people talk about, oh, marriages were laughing. The women were alcoholics. No, like I literally once I once looked out. up. I like once back looked, in the 50s. No, I once <laughs> looked up, I once looked up like what did women do before the before divorce was like not so taboo? They literally killed themselves. And that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like before abortion was legal, women killed themselves. Before divorce was, you know, not taboo, women yeah. killed themselves. So or it's for me, it's like and living yeah. a terrible life, like destructive, self-destructing. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so self-destructing. That's, that's what I mean. It's just one of those things that and so just, that's the thing. People want us to look, they want to go back to this time of yesteryear that never existed. Right. And the reason that the political discourse has changed. And so what and what social media has done is just it has allowed people to game the system of making other people feel that this is a popular sentiment. So when you talk about like 
there's like bots and things like that. Um, or not even bots. Imagine a country. Imagine a a a, a Russia, if you will. But, <laughs> right. Let, let's call it Prussia. Let's 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 call it Brussia. Right. Russia. Like it's Prussia was yes. a country at one point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So not Prussia, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, with a B, guys. So so imagine there's a country, let's call her Brussia, that has um the wherewithal and resources and control of um their their media, their their state media is is run by the state. And they can um, forcefully enlist people to do things. You don't have to have bots. You have people that you right. can control and you can force them to do things. So imagine then that they have data on what makes people tick, a la, you know, imagine there's a, a very popular social media company that has been collecting data and learning how algorithmic algorithmically they could um manipulate manipulate people. people and steer them toward things that will make them money will it hurt the person probably will it hurt society yeah, or maybe we don't know who, who right. knows it could uh, but it'll make us money so let's do it because we're right. not profitable like you know we don't we're not turning profits twitter doesn't turn a profit that's why they were really excited to get bought out by Elon Musk because they they don't make money. They're, right. they're, you know. I mean, and that shouldn't so, be the goal. I mean, the goal that's the whole thing. Capitalism is a whole other thing. But well, let me yeah, say we real, have a whole episode. Know, of right. the, uh-huh. So the uh, the, so, uh, the book the book that you were saying the last it is written by Hannah Jameson. Yeah, Hannah Jameson. Yeah, so it was a really interesting book, and it's not, it's it's about the aftermath, like, it's right. like, okay, so we're left over, and then it just kind of, it really just, it's, the book's not about that, it just, but it does touch on petty arguments, it's like, right. okay, nuclear winter has happened, I'm arguing with you about Trump and who you voted for, I don't, like, what, like, right, yeah, I mean, that's, maybe, the, that's the whole uh, thing about that's the whole thing about it. Humanity is so interesting. Like being a human, it's like so many people who really don't like arguing and fighting like you and I, like we were both saying, we don't really participate in Twitter for that reason. And, but it's so many people who, it's so many people who just love, who are obsessed with power, arguing and just turmoil. And that's what's so hard. It's like, how do you, how do you reconcile that? Like, how do you, can they have their own country? Can, can it be the Hunger Games for those people who are interested in it? You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand. I've always maintained that the issue, the reason why, um, the reason why this small vocal minority of people are exerting so much control over American society is that one they figured out a long time ago that the numbers are not in their favor. The reason that um, the Republicans figured out several, a couple, a couple, a couple uh, yeah, a couple presidential elections ago, they realized that the numbers were not in their favor. They realized that. I think maybe when Obama won the first time, they were like, "Okay, so yeah, we looked at this, and we will literally never win a presidential election. We will not. We sh- We can't." Um, not with our numbers. 
And they actually refocused and recalibrated their efforts to take over states so that they could do what they have been doing and focusing on and fixating on in those years, mm-hmm. gerrymandering to maintain control. Like, and that's that, like the reason that's so Ohio situation that we're having as far as like the Supreme exactly. Court and trying to redistrict and they won't do it and all this sort of thing. Yeah, they won't. The voters were like, we want, no, we don't want gerrymandering. We want it this. And they are literally flouting what was voted on in constitutionally and literally just saying we they're at this point i mean saying the quiet part loud is an understatement to what republicans are doing with our electoral system locally statewide and federally and i think that there's a lot of people who don't pay attention to those types of things i unfortunately am one of the people who do And that is why I have to practice a lot of escapism because I see the tide and I see what's happening. And I see that I'm not saying the Democrats are great. They're not. We, you know, a lot of, they're not. The the problem is is there are people, the problem is there's two fundamentally, they, they value completely different things. And so their values are just not aligned with, you know, for the most part, I should say, because of course, there's always going to be people who can hide behind whatever, whatever title and still have values that reflect a different title. But it's just one of those things, but they they really value doing the right thing. And that's like, they really value doing the right thing. And it's like a Republicans are value completely the opposite. They value doing the wrong thing and just maintain the oh. power. And it's like, but the thing I'm for me is going to give Democrats that much grace. I will say both of the parties are right. wanting to enrich themselves. Both. Yeah, I would say that. Both of them want to, they yeah, both, both they of them want to the enrich themselves. One party is willing to do it at the expense of anyone who is not in the top 1% and white and right. male. Like, every, like there is, um, one party is, what's it? Trying to be more subtle. Like one like one party is malignant <laughs> and the other one is, well, say it's a benign tumor, but it's kind of putting pressure on your arteries and you could die. Like, <laughs> yeah, like slow growing. Like, I mean, slow, what is a slow growing tumor and one is like a, you know, like a on your face, you're going to notice. Exactly. It like, and that's like, so that I will say that that is the difference. No, yeah. We have better choices. We right. should. And actually we do. But the, the we issue, do. we just don't always, people just don't understand the importance and right. they don't pay attention. Well, it's not even it's that. It's, no, it's not so much even that. It's because the system has been so messed up for so long that people have given up. That's number one. Yeah. Number two, they don't teach it in school. These young people exactly. don't know anything about civil engagement. They don't know anything about how the government works. And that is on purpose. And so that's mm-hmm. the whole thing. It's like, and that's what me, I was saying about the, the discourse wars, where yeah. I was just like, when you talked about history, history, we don't know this. They, if that is on purpose, it right. is on purpose that we are not taught and that we have to actually seek out right. and discover it on our own. It is on purpose. And the reason that they want you to be educated through the, the mal actors in today's political society, in American society today, want, want Facebook to be your source of education they want fox news to be your source of education 
It's they propaganda. Want that. That's the whole thing. Because, it's propaganda. Because they control the narrative and yeah. that the reason that they want to have you focused on things that don't exist and that do not matter, such as like the whole critical race theory thing that is literally just made up, not being taught at all. And the reason that they the reason that they're so pressed about it is because if I was a teacher and I wanted to get people to think critically about how we got here as a society. Okay, that's the thing. You know, I could try to figure out what I would do, but actually presenting the facts does enough. Right. If I tell you the factual things that occur, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. I apologize. We're not allowed to dissect this anymore or to think about it and provide any sort of analysis surrounding it because of critical race theory opponents. Um, But if I teach you the facts, it actually would already get you there. They don't want right. you to have that. No, because they don't want people to learn how to think critically. They want exactly. But Critical the whole thing for, is an enemy to But propaganda. the whole thing for me is that the whole thing is like, okay, all these people who talk about that don't understand the history of the world. Okay, so that's what they've done in Russia. How is it ending for them? If we do that same thing in the US, how is it going to end for us? How did it end for Hitler? How did it end for Germany? That's what I don't understand. It's just like history repeats itself. And it's like, oh, is, it no, is nobody does, paying because... attention? Like, nobody's paying attention. And it's so frustrating. They're not. It's, just, it's, it's so very frustrating. frustrating. It's very frustrating. So, my coping mechanism is to really just disengage. Like I will have this conversation with people like yourself because we are friends and we love and care about each other. And I I feel that you get it. Right. I very, very seldom will have a conversation with someone who is not, I, I just, I it's don't- It's not on the same page. I mean, that's the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, it's not on the same page. I don't have a desire to try to convince you because I feel like at this point, people are being willfully ignorant. It's right. just like- but that's, but, that's honestly, but that's like, honestly why, that's honestly why I like doing these podcasts because I you know obviously I, I like listening to different people's perspective as long as it's a, as long as it's not alternative facts and it's not lies as long as it's not yeah. lies I don't mind hearing other people's perspectives so I like having these conversations so people can hear our perspective as, as black women so that they can maybe learn something from it and also just our my perspective as a physician and how it's impacted us in our profession um, and because one of the biggest things for me that I haven't even said, like, I, so I, I'm on Instagram more. I, you know, I use, I use um, Facebook and Instagram mostly just for my business. I try not to spend a bunch of time on there. And I, I, I will be on there a little bit, just having fun with my friends. Like there's some doctor Facebook groups that I tend to be in and we all share similar values or sometimes we don't, but we can have, a, we can have a conversations and that sort of thing and keep it respectful. So I, I value respect. So as long as the respect is there, I can participate in social media and I generally am respected and have good conversations on Facebook and Instagram. Self-love Saturday, Hoplift with love. Self-love Saturday, Franken-Cycles, we rebels. Self-love Saturday, Hoplift with love. Self-love Saturday, Franken-Cycles, we rebels.